I'm billionaire Tom Steyer. And I'm running for president for a simple reason. It's fun. And it gets me out of the house. I'm sorry, Mr. Steyer. My producers are telling me you have to blink. I have to do what? Blink. You have to blink at some point. Oh, no, I do not. And I will not. Will Ferrell on Saturday Night Live playing the role of billionaire Tom Steyer. By the way, last sketch of Saturday Night Live, I realize most of you didn't see it because you don't stay up that late or whatever. Seek out the sketch of Will Ferrell being the guy with the mannequin doing the comedy routine. Oh, the ventriloquist? Holy cow. That is something. It is dark. (laughs) It is dark. Uh, Anyway. So here's something Joe and I talk about a lot. Joe's not here. He uh, got a new hip on Friday, and uh, maybe he'll be calling in at some point because he was tweeting over the weekend that everything's fine, but he's he's all hopped up on fentanyl and uh, propofil, the milk, the stuff that killed Michael Jackson. So Yes, absolutely. But we talk about this a lot, the, 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 the weird political correctness thing that's going on right now in academia. I'll start here. Wall Street Journal opinion piece by... Peter Bogosian, who we've had on the air, he was behind the fake studies that they actually got into various journals at universities. Do you remember that story where they wrote up these outlandish, no normal people would believe they were true, fake studies and got them published in uh, actual academic journals because that's how far out some of these these universities are. Rape culture at dog parks. Right. Yeah, yeah. He had this piece in the Wall Street Journal called um, Idea Laundering in Academia. How nonsensical jargon like intersectionality, cisgender, is imbued with an air of false authority. Idea laundering. And it's a long article that explains how decades ago, a bunch of people who were into this wacky stuff started writing about it. And then their friends started trading papers around. And then you start a journal... Just among your your whack job friends who believe this whack job stuff, you start your own journal, then you start publishing each other's papers, and then over a degree of time, you 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 give a, an air of authority to your whack job ideas, even though it's only you and your other whack job friends going back and forth with this stuff. And now it's finally leaked out into the real world to a certain extent. Some of the intersectionality cisgender stuff. I say that to bring us to this uh, a portion. Before Elizabeth Warren's speech on uh, Friday, I believe it was the day after the debate, several women spoke and appeared on stage, including Representative Iena Presley of Massachusetts and Angela Peoples of the political group Black Wimixen, which recently endorsed the Massachusetts senator. I don't know how you pronounce this word. It's Black W-O-M-X-N. That's the idea that having the word men in women is somehow, I don't even know what they're trying to claim. It's, it's, it's unfair to women or keeping women down somehow or whatever. But so they're trying to take the, the men out of women. So they put an X in there. It's kind of the same way that they're putting an X in history because they think the HIS in history, which actually has nothing to do with his really, but the the, the Herkstry, H-R-S-T-O-R-Y. I mean, it's just a tiny percentage of whack jobs who believe this sort of stuff. But Elizabeth Warren had this woman on stage, Black Wimixon, um, who stood up on stage with Elizabeth Warren and said, she knows we live in nuance and intersectionality. 
praising Warren, and everybody cheered. Um, here's the endorsement that Black Wimickson gave to Elizabeth Warren. The last presidential election laid bare what many black women, gender non-conforming and non-binary, and queer folk know deeply, that this nation embraces white supremacy and its evils, even at the expense of itself. Okay, I'm not sure Elizabeth Warren really wants that person on stage with her, but she did. Um, uh, I'm reading from Jonah Goldberg's column on this, who's got a new um, publication called The Dispatch. He said, I don't know if there's any dating on, polling data on this, but I'm fairly confident that most black women don't have much use for the term Wimixon. I would very much like to see a Jay Leno-style jaywalking series of interviews over random black women in South Carolina asking them what they think of the term Wimixon. I don't think there's many votes there. In other words, who does Elizabeth Warren think she's getting with that? I'm sure it's very popular with the white, educated crowd in New Hampshire, which she's trying to get their votes, but as far as actual black female voters or black voters, I doubt anybody's into that, and here's some proof of that. Earlier this month, a firm surveyed Hispanics on the term Latinx. That's, or however you pronounce it, L-A-T-I-N-X. It's the idea of getting away from Latina or Latino, uh, and the idea that there's a gender thing there. They're trying to get away from the binary gender, that we're all one fluid gender, whatever that means. The whole language is based off of masculine and feminine words. The whole language, absolutely right. Earlier this month, a firm surveyed Hispanics and found that when it came to Latinx, there was near unanimity. Despite its usage by academics and cultural influencers, 98% of Latinos prefer other terms to describe their ethnicity. Only 2% of the respondents said the label accurately describes them, making it the least popular ethnic label among Latinos they've ever tested. Only 2% liked it, and they're probably on university campuses. The most devastating finding from the woke perspective is that these findings basically held constant regardless of age. 3% of Hispanics under the age of 35 liked it. That means that quite possibly, almost certainly, Donald Trump will get more votes from Latinx people than the share of Latinx people who think Latinx is an actual thing. In other words, Donald Trump is more popular with the Hispanic crowd than the Latinx uh, expression, which uh, should go the way of the dodo bird very, very quickly. So it all comes from this whole idea laundering thing that I was telling you about earlier, where in the college campuses and in, 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 in with a particularly small number of people on college campuses, they started this decades ago. They've talked to each other long enough and written their own journals and contribute to each other's journals, and they're the only ones who read them and believe this crap. But it's leaked out into the world. Now, Elizabeth Warren, you know, she's a Harvard professor. She probably hangs around this crowd and might even believe that there are normal people out there. She might think that in real America people are talking about this stuff. Boy, if she if she does, she's really, really mistaken. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if she tries to continue that into the general election. She drops a black womenix or Latinx or anything like that on a stage with Trump, and uh, she's doomed. She's doomed anyway craziness where does that stuff come from well i told you where it comes from but i don't understand how it gets enough momentum to actually leak out into the real world can't you just keep it among you nut jobs they need to come up with a uh, uh phonetical spelling 
if they if they actually think they're going to get this going, they need to explain to people how how do you pronounce the word W O M X N, Wimixen, Black Wimixen, or Latinx? How do you actually pronounce these things? You're not going to get it going if people can't actually say them. One more thing: there was this tweet last week from the ACLU on the same topic, same kind of topic. The ACLU tweeted. There's no one way to be a man. Men who get periods are men. Men who get pregnant and give birth are men. Trans and non-binary men, binary men belong. Hashtag International Men's Day, whatever that is, which was apparently was a day last week. Men who get periods, their periods are men. Men who get pregnant and give birth are men. That's what the ACLU now represents. Used to be freedom of speech and making sure you had your rights in the courtroom. Now it's men getting periods being called men. All right. Good luck with that. Good luck winning any elections with that nonsense. Uh, That was enough of that. I got a couple more clips from Saturday Night Live to hit you with, which I thought was danged funny. And uh, some more. Oh, I haven't gotten to the um, uh, latest polling data from the Democratic race. Also, I have to hit you with that. And Ruth Bader Ginsburg was back in the hospital over the weekend. The update on that on the Armstrong and Getty Show. We got a couple of texts on the whole Latinx, black women X thing that's going on here. That's the uh, the people that are trying to put an X in a variety of words to be gender non-conforming or something like that. It's a political movement. Elizabeth Warren had uh, a representative from black women, women X. I don't know how you say these words. Uh, women spelled with an X instead of M-E-N to try to get men out of it, uh, and then Latinx, which is uh, has been polled in the Hispanic community, and only 2% of people like the idea. 98% of people said, shut up. Uh, as a Hispanic, I think Latinx is stupid. I don't need woke SJWs trying to change my language. Um, somebody said, if you said that around my Hispanic family, you'd probably get a fat lip. <laughs> Seems like a, li- a little over-aggressive. Um... And X has gone everywhere, says this texter. Both my wife and I are receiving mail from our congressman, addressing each of us as MX, not Mr. or Mrs. MX. Okay, aren't you aren't you enlightened if you hit me with an MX? I immediately think you're not somebody I'm going to vote for. You hit me with an MX. God, so easily misled by the tiniest percentage of academics into thinking, well, I suppose I better do this. It's like Beto and his pronouns on his little placard uh, uh, on his podium that he thought was going to win him some votes or whatever. Hey, while I'm talking about something else, Sean, can you dig up any of Prince Andrew from that stupid interview from a couple of weeks ago? I particularly like any of it would be good, but I particularly liked when he was asked the question, um, uh, do you regret being friends with Jeffrey Epstein? But any of it would be good because I have an update on that in just a moment. Uh, Armstrong and Getty merchandise available at armstrongandgetty.com. It's uh, something, you know what it is? It's a lazy way to buy a Christmas gift. If you know somebody that listens to the show, anybody in your family, you go to the website, you click on something, done. You're done with your brother, your sister, the sort of person you're not going to spend that much money on them anyway. 
So this is I'm just I'm just telling you this is an easy lazy way to buy him something. They'll be pleased. Didn't cost you much. It was fast. I'm about all about the easy way to tell people you care. The easiest simple way to tell people you care that takes the less the least amount of my time. That's what I'm all about. So back to Prince Andrew. Remember a couple of weeks ago he gave this interview Prince Andrew in the royal family's Charles's brother, is that right? I believe that's how he, we traced it. And he's in line to be king. I mean, it would take a lot of people dying. But if they all died, he'd end up king. He is in line to be king. And um, and Prince Andrew is friends with Jeffrey Epstein. I'm going to assume you know who that scumbag is, who is one of the great pedophiles in world history, having sex with underage women, flying them all around the country with some of the most powerful people in the world that may or may not have been engaging in that sort of behavior. Prince Andrew has been accused by at least one of the women as having sex with her uh, when she was 15 years old. Prince Andrew responded. Do you regret the whole friendship with Epstein? Um, Now, uh, still not. And the reason being is that that the the people that I met um, and the opportunities that I was given to learn... um, either by him or because of him, were actually very useful. I, I wanted to make sure that, that um, if I was going to go and see him, I had to make sure that, 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 that there was enough time between his release, because I, it wasn't something that I was going into in a hurry. Okay, the stattering, stuttering uh, Prince Andrew there, and... Uh... To me, the, the 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 question and answer that got the most attention was his whole thing about how he couldn't have been the sweaty guy on top of this 15-year-old, which is uh, disgusting, and I think he should be shot for it. He couldn't have been the sweaty guy because he doesn't sweat. Ever since a military adventure when she was shot at, he no longer sweats. That got the most attention. I thought the most damaging answer was that one. Do you regret being friends with a guy who's a now-known, nobody even disputes it, pedophile a child rapist do you regret being friends with a child rapist um uh, no no i don't actually are you freaking kidding me so apparently he had told queen elizabeth that he was going to clear all this up in an interview she's starting to get a little worried about how this looked for the royal family and whether or not he was a pervo and he went to her and said i'm going to do an interview i'm going to clear all this up well he gave that interview which was <laughs> that abs- was the interview he did that was the interview he did <laughs> and it was absolutely a disaster and then so prince william you know charles and diana had two kids one of which actually came from charles and diana the other one probably came from diana and her bodyguard but prince william who looks like charles apparently went to the queen and said all right we got to get this guy out of here Prince William was central in axing Prince Andrew from his royal duties and getting him booted out of Buckingham Palace, according to the uh, Times of London, which is a a legitimate newspaper. Sources tell the paper that Prince William was heavily involved in the decision that saw the Duke of York kicked out of his offices at Buckingham Palace. William is becoming more and more involved in decisions about the institution, the monarchy, and he's not a huge fan of his Uncle Andrew, a source told the Times. Sources say the Queen feels aggrieved at the claims that she gave her go-ahead for Andrew's interview and actually feels hoodwinked by by what he ended up saying, according to the paper. There's no way the Queen and her private secretary wrote a yes on a memo that fully explained what was proposed. I agree with Joe when he screams and yells that who cares about the royal family. I just think it's pretty interesting that they now think he's enough of a perv that they can't have him around the royal family, can't have him in. Well, for one thing... 
Andrew's got kids. Doesn't he have a little girl? I think so. Yeah, you can't have Prince Andrew in there if he's a child rapist. You can't have him hanging around with an office just down the hall while your kids are playing. There there are further rumblings that the FBI is going to actually talk to Prince Andrew at some point. He could be in serious trouble. Wouldn't that be something if he got extradited from Great Britain to the United States and stands trial? Well, he's been kicked out of Buckingham Palace now. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, we got new polls stunning the Democrats today. It looks like America's moving away from impeachment. Debate is raging over comments made by Rudy Giuliani over the weekend, and there has been a drastic shakeup in the way we buy stocks. This is huge. Hmm. Coming up. I want to hear that. Um, I've got, I finally figured out over the weekend what the biggest decision is for the Democrats on impeachment right now. Yeah. And um, uh, we can get into that fairly heavily. They've, they've got a tough one to make. I, I'll bet if Nancy Pelosi had her choice right now, she'd like to go back in time and, and, and just and not having gone down this road at all. Yeah. Um, she's probably really mad at it's Schiff and another other people said, mm-hmm. no, 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 wait till we put this information out there. Wait till right. we see the polls after they hear what Trump actually did, because it has not gone that direction, no. as Marshall's going to tell us in the news in, in just a little bit. Uh, and then we'll catch up on everything else. Remember, go to armstrongandgetty.com uh, if you want to buy easy-to-buy gifts for your loved ones. We'd appreciate that. Armstrongandgetty.com. News on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. So Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Supreme Court Justice, was back in the hospital yeah. over the weekend. She is 86. Correct. She went into the hospital with chills and fever, released on Sunday. And um, as always, I, I, I wish her well, and I don't wish anything bad to happen to her. And she and Anton and Scalia were uh, friends, so she must be a good person and all that. But she is 86 years old, and we've all followed the exploits of uh, the elderly. And when you start going in and out of the hospital a lot, right. a lot, a lot of times that means things are headed a bad direction honest to god if trump ends up appointing another supreme court justice in the midst of impeachment and a presidential election america's head will pop off at mount rushmore all four heads will pop off that's what will happen i think geologically that's known let's get the news now with marshall Well, new public opinion polls are moving against Democrats on impeachment as independents sour more and more on the House inquiry and increasingly express opposition to the hearings that have been consuming Washington in the last few weeks. The Hill is reporting the new data is coming as a surprise to the Democrats, many of whom believe witnesses offered damning testimony about Trump's dealings with Ukraine. The Hill continuing... An impeachment vote in the House seems inevitable, but it does not appear any GOP lawmakers will back an article of impeachment. And it really remains to be seen whether voters will support the Democratic action or punish the party for going forward with impeachment. Well, remember, so the polls, 538's got the average of the polls. The average of national polls, support for impeachment has shrunk by four points. Opposition has risen by two points right. during all this testimony. So it went completely the wrong direction. Right. Um, 
So the last time they had a whole House vote, you had a couple of Democrats defect. I think there'll be a couple of more. So to the extent that it's bipartisan, it will be bipartisan uh, against it. They'll have enough to make it go through and send it to the Senate, but there's going to be a handful of Democrats that say no. I don't know what they think they're accomplishing at this point. Now, so as I took in from the, the talk shows over the weekend, the Democrats, if they if they just plain wanted to have an impeachment hearing and get to the bottom of what happened, you'd have to bring in Rudy Giuliani, right. Mulvaney, the chief of staff, a few other people. You'd have to, Bolton, you'd have to question them. The reason they're not is because the White House is fighting it, legitimately fighting it. They've got perfectly good reason to fight it. Executive privilege, Barack Obama and other presidents have done exactly the same thing and saying, look, though, that you don't, Congress does not get to compel my people to go. But it would get decided by the courts, and there's a decent chance the courts would say, you do have to speak. But that could take a long time. It could take weeks, months. And then you're into the spring. You're fully into uh, a presidential race. Right. Uh, it's harder to make the argument when you're six months away from the election that you should kick somebody out. So the Democrats have got the choice of, do we do the full impeachment inquiry, which will take us into next year, or do we do kind of the shortened version, which makes it look like we're half-assing it? But it looks so. It's they're kind of they're kind of screwed. Either way, uh, they've decided to go with the fast version to try to get it right. going fast. Right. But um, yeah, if you really wanted to get to the bottom of it, you would have to bring in Bolton and Giuliani and ask them questions. Right. And aren't we still waiting on a ruling on a court ruling before uh, before uh, Giuliani or Bolton will come in and Absolutely. actually testify? And we don't know with the timetable for that at all, do we? All right, we got President Trump's personal lawyer. That'd be Rudy Giuliani stirring the pot with an interview on Fox over the weekend when Ed Henry asked if he was worried the president might wind up turning on him. I've seen things written like he's going to throw me under the bus. Right. When they say that, I say he isn't, but I have insurance. (laughs) He has insurance. What the hell does that mean? Does anybody know? I think I know what it means, but it's just a guess. Well, it's. It, when I first heard it, my right. immediately my immediate thought was, is he telling Trump, boy, you throw me under the bus, I know a lot of stuff. You're doomed. Is that, I don't know how else you take it. Well, right. Doesn't he need to clean that up? Well, Doesn't he need to come out and say, oh, no, no. Yeah. I, I I know there were some comments that it was a joke, but what's right. the joke? Yeah, he said, oh, no, no, it, it is all sarcastic. It's just sarcasm. That's uh, all. I, I am fluent in sarcasm. That didn't <laughs> sound sarcastic. <laughs> right. What it sounds to me like is a guy saying on national TV, because I wouldn't be surprised if he can't even get to the president directly right now. Right. They're trying to distance themselves from Rudy Giuliani. I think he was just a guy saying on national TV, yeah, I remember, I know a lot of stuff. I'm not like Cohen, who doesn't really have anything. Right. I know stuff. <laughs> right. Ed Henry also... Now, Rudy Giuliani's a complete kook also. Right. So what he meant... Who friggin' knows? Ed Henry also uh, went ahead and asked Rudy, Are you afraid, Mr. Mayor, that you could be indicted? Oh, wow. How how long have you known me, Ed? I've known you several years. Uh, You think I'm afraid? I I don't know. You think I get afraid? Oh, jeez. I I did the right thing. Okay, Boomer. I I represented my (laughs) client in a very, very effective way. I was so effective that I discovered um, a pattern of corruption that the Washington press has been covering up for three or four years. There you go. He didn't okay, answer. That wasn't an answer. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he's going to get indicted on any of this. I don't know that question. But the whole insurance policy thing is, 
Well, they got to clean that up. Right. They got to figure out what that is. Turns out Charles Schwab is buying rival TD Ameritrade at approximately for approximately $26 billion in an all-stock deal. This is a blockbuster agreement accelerated by what they're calling the disruption in the online brokerage industry. Competitive pressures already forced brokerages to make it free for customers to trade U.S. stocks online. And Schwab's proposal would combine two of the biggest players in the industry. The tie-up announced on uh, Monday would create a company so big, however, it could draw some sharp scrutiny from antitrust regulators. But now you can go back and forth and buy and sell stocks online for free. Is that the way it works now? Yeah, so commission-free tradings is clearly the way that the industry is going. Uh, That was the last barrier of entry to fall that actually got me to start doing some individual stock picking on my own. That is how I became a part of the investor class. That's right, yes. The positive Um, Sean portfolio. uh, Yeah, indeed. uh, Doing very well. Up uh, a little under 10% uh, year to date, or uh, since I started investing a little bit more than a year ago. Oh, wow. I would hope. I think the stock market's up whatever it is, 20% for the year. So yeah. I, would hope, uh, yeah. I would hope we're all up. Um, the uh, But yeah, there's more, more and more of these things are going that way. And it seems largely because of an app that came out. The Robinhood app was one of the first things that I saw that was the commission-free trading. And now all the big companies are having to alter their policies to this. And one final note in Sunday Night Football. Touchdown! The Niners are now 10 and 1 after crushing the Packers 37 to 8 in Santa Clara. And the Packers were good? Are good? Yeah, they only had two losses going into that okay. game, I think. Yeah. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. That could have been an NFC Championship preview right there. That's what that could have been, Sean. There you go. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a good Rudy Giuliani clip right there. We'll have to keep that around. That's a good yeah, one. We'll use that a lot. Yeah. I'll hear that again. I like that Oh, one. wow. <laughs> Anybody on the text line got an idea what Rudy means when he says... Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The hearings have made it clear Donald Trump doesn't want me to be the nominee. Vladimir Putin doesn't want me to be the nominee. Nobody in America wants me to be the nominee. But I am confident that I can win the election in 2016. That's uh, Woody Harrelson doing his Joe Biden. They had quite the cast up there on Saturday Night Live. Maya Rudolph, Woody Harrelson, Larry David. Um, Fred Armisen. Fred Armisen made it an appearance, along with uh, the Kate McKinnon and the usuals that they have on the show. But uh, that, that was pretty good. I thought that was the best political sketch they've done in a long time. I don't know why they didn't open that. And get away from the whole god dang Alec Baldwin Trump thing. That hasn't been funny. And I don't know. I don't remember the last time I found that entertaining. Colin Jost appearing to be a 12-year-old in yeah. a suit behind the podium was a pretty good Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty good. Hey, speaking of presidential candidates, we got to link this. Here's a guy, a very studly-looking guy, doing what are called box jumps, I guess? Yeah. 
It's where you jump up. Basically, you're jumping up on a table, and you got to be in pretty decent shape to do this. A standing vertical leap. 30-inch platform, which I believe is the standard tab- uh, table height. I believe it's 30 inches. Um, I can't jump from a from just flat-footed jump up on a table. Well, this guy can, and he did 10 of them in a row, looking like a complete stud in his tight T-shirt and hat. I didn't recognize him. John Delaney, presidential candidate. The guy that looks like Hank Hill's friend Bill the Barber <laughs> is ripped and a super stud, and he's doing these platform jumps, and he put them out on his Twitter with his clever I'm-not-going-to-get-any-votes joke being so many people jumping into the race, I decided to do some jumps onto this platform. I feel like I've been tricked. I had no idea this was uh, who who that man was which, at the debate stage. Which made me think that's one of the blessings and curses of dressing up as a man. For women, you get dressed up, and it really shows off your body, for better or worse. And if you're really fit, you know, it's an opportunity to show people how fit you are. And if you aren't, you know, it's kind of there for everybody to see. Whereas with the suit for men, it evens everything out. Now, for a guy like me, it's an advantage. I can look like I'm in pretty good shape in a suit, and I'm not. Trust me, I'm not. But the disadvantage is if you're in really good shape like this dude, you wear a suit and you just kind of look like a, I don't know, it's probably kind of fat under there. You look like Hank Hill's friend Bill the Barber. Yeah, as opposed to super stud, looks like he could be a college football player. That's so, incredible. Uh, yeah, it's pretty impressive. I uh, would break both of my shins if I attempted that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's exactly what would happen. I wouldn't, <laughs> that's why I shouldn't try it. I wouldn't make it quite high enough. And I would just hit my shins over huh. and over again. And then mash my face into the table. Huh. Oh, dude. And he does 10 of them in a row. Congra- I don't know if he's going to get any votes now, John Delaney, but congratulations. Went up in my book for some weird reason. By the way, if you were listening last break, we had a, an odd ending there. I was in the middle of a sentence. <laughs> I was in the middle of a sentence when Michael signaled I, the I'm network. I'm sorry about that, yeah. I want you to, full, I want you, I want full contrition. Yeah, I, I, I want you to fully take full apologize. responsibility. I was- Moving the mouse back here, and I hit the brake. Yeah, so okay. that's what happened. If you're going to put a percentage on the amount of uh, responsibility you are taking, Michael, what would that percentage <laughs> be? 100% responsibility <laughs> okay. for that one. Yeah. That's what we're looking All for. Right. That's right. Um, so I was in the middle of saying, what do you think Rudy Giuliani meant when he said this? And he said this over the weekend. On I've seen things written like, he's going to throw me under the bus. Right. When they say that, I say, he isn't, but I have insurance. <laughs> and uh, and when I first heard that, I thought, oh, boy, that was a message on TV to the president. Um, I-, I know stuff. You can't throw me under the bus. You can't hang me out to dry and make me the fall guy in this Ukraine thing and, and, and expect me to keep my mouth shut. Well, we got this text explaining it. I'm an aging boomer. Let me translate. I got insurance is not code. It's just saying, you're going to throw me under the bus? That's okay. I've got health insurance. I can pay the medical bills. I think that it makes perfectly good sense. That's an old guy joke about getting thrown under a bus. Hmm. I have insurance. That's not nearly as fun as what I thought it was, though. I, that makes sense, though. That's not a stretch. I could believe that was just a really bad... It's just a dad a, joke. It's a dad joke. That's exactly what it is. It's a grandpa slash dad joke. Dang! That didn't, uh, didn't hang well, so... Okay. That explains does that. Trump know that, or does he think he got threatened? <laughs> I, I I have no idea. I have no idea on that front. But um, hopefully, other presidential candidates will will now start doing uh, show uh, feats of strength. I would like that. I would like to see uh, Tulsi Gabbard put in the shot or shotting the put or whatever it is, tearing phone books in two. Exactly. I want to see some of that.
That thing where you blow up a, a hot water bottle for some reason to show like your lung strength. We have got. Where's my copy of the book? Uh, Mark Halperin coming up next hour. I hope you get next hour of the Armstrong and Getty Show. He's one of my all-time favorite political pundits. He wrote a book called How to Beat Trump, and we did a long podcast on that a couple of weeks ago. We're going to ask him about the news of the day, the presidential race impeachment, all that sort of stuff, and I always love hearing his opinion. I think he's a great nonpartisan analyst. Um, you ever see a strong man roll up a frying pan with his hands? That'd be fantastic. Oh, wow. I saw Bernie Sanders was dancing over the weekend in his continued effort to show people that he's not a guy on the verge of dying from his heart attack. He was dancing, doing the fast dance. Anybody can slow dance, but he's fast dancing around, which is pretty impressive. Uh, came across this story of the weekend. Did you know snakes used to have legs? They just, they, the, apparently that has been believed for a long time by people who study this sort of thing, but they found a skeleton somewhere hundred-some million years old, of a snake that had rear legs. And they still believe that snakes used to have rear legs and front legs, and eventually, apparently, the front legs withered away, then the back legs withered away, and they just started slithering. So oh, This is wonderful news for my nightmares, is now they have a whole <laughs> new what, trove of fodder to pull from. That's what I thought. Oh, my Snakes that can chase you with legs. It's just freaking horrifying. <laughs> or, like, jump up on your car or something. I, Jump up on a table like Jim Delaney. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so there, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Catching up on very small news things I've got. That's one of them. Snakes have legs. Oh, boy. My kids really enjoyed that story. Egypt closed down their last independent news outlet in the country. Remember the Arab Spring when people took to the streets in all these Arab countries and threw out the dictators and democracy was going to bloom? Well, it didn't bloom really anywhere. Uh, bloomed briefly in Egypt. They had elections. They elected a um, um, an Islamist. So the local general, a Sisi, decided, well, that ain't going to work. So he, he uh, conducted a coup and took over as the military generals often do and uh, has been dictator ever since. And he ain't going the way of, the, of democracy either, as over the weekend, his security forces raided the offices of the country's last independent news organization, arrested three journalists, and that's the end of that. The Arab Spring continuing to not work out the way anybody wanted it to. I'm guessing those arrests don't include Miranda rights and oh, expedient no. trials. And I think I told this story on the air, didn't I? About uh, I bought I bought some jewelry for my wife, and the guy is a Palestinian, I believe, who uh, ran the jewelry shop, and he was talking to me about how people in America don't realize how good they've got it. He said, you get pulled over for speeding in Egypt, they pull you out of the car and beat you before they even tell you why they pulled you over. Uh, people need to recognize how good they have it in the United States. And uh, so, yeah, you mentioning that made me think, yeah, no Miranda rights. I'm sure they don't even tell you why you're going off to jail. Um, abandoned malls, according to the Wall Street Journal, are making a comeback as megachurches, rooftop pools, and homeless shelters around the country. There is so much unused retail space, and you, you know this, wherever so you live. all three are at one place? That seems like an odd crossroads. I think you're one or the other, but, uh, or maybe I maybe aren't. Maybe you're a mega church on one end of the mall, and on the other end of the mall, they put a rooftop pool on there, and then in between, they make a homeless shelter. That's absolutely fantastic. we got to figure out something to do with all this mall space. Maybe I'll get into that more later, because some of the numbers are absolutely amazing of how much empty mall space we have in this country. It's stunning. Didn't churches and religious outreach used to do a lot of kind of the, what what, what today we would consider kind of homeless outreach? And, and Oh, yeah, and, still do. Absolutely, still do. Huh. And this, I was happy to hear this news. They did a study. 
extraordinary levels of exercise do not damage the heart. So if you're the sort of person who does excessive endurance regimens, like the really like the hundred mile marathons and stuff like that, you're not damaging your heart. So I was really happy to see that information <laughs> as a guy who is almost entirely sedentary. And Those um, multiple day marathons are just incredible that people willingly choose to compete in those. Did you work with our old producer Scott, or has he gone? He was no. gone before you got here. He became an ultra marathoner. Wow. Scott, um, he had a high blood pressure situation. He was in his twenties, and he was a workout guy anyway. And he went fully into like the fifty mile races and stuff like that. Just like got incredible shape. Um, not something I'm ever going to do. I get anxious when I have to drive thirty miles. Yeah, that's what I thought. The one marathon that I ever ran, I thought driving twenty six miles is a long way. <laughs> the Harvard Yale football game was disrupted for an hour by climate change protesters. Maybe we'll play the audio from that and talk about that a little bit later. As the uh, nation's most elite college students showed us how darned uh, virtuous they are by delaying the football game, just fantastic. Mark Halperin. Great political pundit on some of the big stories of the day and one of the most interesting political times in modern memory. And he's coming up in just a little bit on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty.